from KQED. If you've ever driven down to the Central Coast, to Monterey or Carmel or Salinas, you may have noticed some interesting art along the way, possibly giant art. Nick Lowy from Dublin says he grew up seeing giant flat cutouts of farmers and farm workers whenever his family took trips down to Southern California. They have a very distinct style, sort of like pop art that depict what seem to be farm workers doing jobs in the field or sort of just posing with their pets or farm equipment. Some of these massive art installations stand as high as 18 feet tall. They're made of plywood and they're mostly found scattered throughout California's Central Valley. They're kind of like interactive art for drivers, appearing like small figures on the landscape until all of a sudden, bam, you're looking at a larger-than-life person holding a pair of tire-sized cabbages or picking up soil from the ground below. Is it an exposition for a specific artist? Is it a history piece that you're supposed to admire and enjoy as you're driving down the freeway? Or is it uh, something more? I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious, the podcast that answers your questions about the Bay Area. Today, we're answering Nick's question and learning a lot about the relationship between farmers who own the land and the laborers who work it along the way. We'll get to it right after this. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founded in 1980, it's still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And still the pale ale that sparked a craft beer revolution. Sierra Nevada, still the one. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so we're here to answer Nick's question about who is behind the giant cutout figures that you may have seen on many California farms and what the story is behind them. After researching some of the pieces Nick had clued me in on, I realized that I had seen some of these. KQED's Cesar Saldana. It wasn't too hard to find the artist behind most of these pieces. His name is John Cerny, and he's a local artist in Salinas. I've probably done three or 400 projects altogether. Giant ones over the last several years, uh, 150 or so. After working in agriculture for about seven years, picking produce like strawberries, Cerny started working as a muralist. He found his niche creating these billboard-like paintings back in the 90s because of their practicality, since he does all his paintings from his studio. Cerny definitely isn't the only one creating these types of giant paintings, but he seems to be the artist with the most under his belt. So how does he do it? What's his process like? Well, he almost always starts off with photographs of whatever person he's painting. I draw my little half-inch squares uh, on a copy of that image. And if it's going to be 16 foot tall, that those little grids might be four-inch squares. I convert those 
make those little half inch squares onto four inch squares on my plywood. I have a giant easel in my shop where I can put four sheets of plywood at one time on it. Um, and, I, and I rotate, I work in sections. Once he has all the sections complete, he takes all the plywood to the site and assembles them into the finished product using poles, stakes, and concrete. Sounds like a bit of an engineering marvel. Now, to Nick's second question, why are they there? Is it some type of history piece, like he thought? Simply put, individual landowners commissioned Cerny to create these pieces. They're a good source of income for him as an independent artist. And they kind of are a history piece, but not on purpose and not in the way that you might think. Here's how Lauro Barajas, the regional director for the United Farm Workers in Santa Cruz and Monterey counties, put it. Yeah, for me, that represents the growers. It's like a nice painting, but kind of a weird message. Most of these pieces that feature people as subjects center on white or light-skinned people. If it were left to myself, even though I grew up in this uh, farming area and I worked in the ag industry myself for eight or nine years before I went to college, I wouldn't necessarily have picked that. It's just that that's they asked me to do it. They were paying me and I was doing, I'm a, I'm a hired gun. I did what they wanted. But it's affected the way the community feels about these artworks. To understand that, I think we should look at one of Cerny's earliest pieces called Farmer and Irrigator off of Highway 68, which connects Salinas and Monterey. It's part of a series of paintings on a farm called, quite simply, The Farm. It depicts two men facing away from the highway and toward the landscape. One standing up, leaning with one foot on a shovel, digging into the dirt, while the other is sort of kneeling or squatting, looking at the view with a handful of soil. It looks pretty realistic from the road, like a pair of giants taking a break from farming. It was Cerny's first piece of this kind. You know, these giant standalone cutouts. He says he was commissioned by the farmer back in 1995 to paint himself and his field workers. And he says the farmer wanted to pay homage to his employees. When I started to ask around the community about these paintings, though, I found that there was a whole other story to tell here. And to tell it, we first need to understand a little bit more about California's Central Valley and its history. According to California's tourism site, the Central Valley is famous for its bountiful produce and quality wine and is California's heartland. The Salinas Valley is nicknamed America's Salad Bowl because it produces a huge number of our leafy greens like spinach and lettuce and tasty fruits like grapes and strawberries. And the laborers that earned that nickname for the Central Valley are farm workers, and they tend the land owned by farmers. That's an important distinction, the difference between farmers and farm workers, especially when it comes to the art installations. The relationship between farmers and farm workers is pretty complicated. Here's Laro Barajas again. Encouraging us to remember history, he says that the relationship between landowners and laborers is one of classism, abuse, and racism, even today. Since the inception of the United Farm Workers, uh, when you do see farm workers in art pieces, they are usually pretty positive. 
But they're not farm workers. They're, they're the farmers. They're, they're, they're the growers, they're the owners of, of the land. You know what I mean? They're not, not the people that are actually doing the work. That was iconic civil rights leader Dolores Huerta. She organized alongside labor rights activists Cesar Chavez and Larry Itliong to create the United Farm Workers of America, a hugely influential union in agriculture. Needless to say, she knows a great deal about the history between farmers and farm workers because she lived it. In fact, I just saw, I was just uh, driving down from Tulare uh, with my staff assistant, and I said, they have these nice big uh, uh, cardboard cutouts, I guess, or, or the wood cutouts of, of farmers, but we need to have some of farm workers, okay? <laughs> when it comes to agriculture, California has a history of exploiting poor communities, especially Latinos, Native Americans, and Filipinos. For instance, the Bracero program imported laborers from Mexico, many of whom reported wage theft. And today, many undocumented workers are underpaid. A community organizer, Cesar Lara, said that farm workers have been exploited by the industry for years for cheap labor. You know, and really, agricultural work is one of the hardest work anybody could do. And they, pay, and they get paid very little. Uh, I think our community has been subsidizing the industry for generations with our water and with our workers in the community. Lara helps run Milpa, an organization in Salinas that focuses on incarceration prevention and community improvement projects. He grew up in Salinas, and both of his parents were farm workers. Some of the other individuals that I spoke to that run organizations that provide farm workers with food or financial aid didn't even want to go on record with their thoughts on the art because there is still tension between farm workers and farmers today. The reason I'm sharing all this history with you is because it shaped California agriculture and the culture of the Central Valley. People feel this history in Salinas and some of the other parts of California where Cerny's artwork is displayed. So when I asked around the community about the artwork, a lot of people felt like it didn't represent the farm workers at all. They felt like they were being whitewashed or erased. Bueno, a ver, eh, tenemos que recordar la historia. Que posiblemente sea una realidad de, de 70 u 80 años o 100, pero pues que no es la realidad de ahora. Y que no, pues no tiene nada que ver con trabajadores y trabajadoras del campo. That was Laura Barajas again. He says that maybe a hundred years ago, white farmers worked the land in Salinas, but that's not the reality today. There are two factors that complicate this. First, being a farmer comes with its own struggles. Many family farms have been replaced by corporate ones. And for the small farms that are still around, it can be hard to make ends meet. But the fact still remains. Brown bodies remain invisible even though they are the ones tending the land these paintings are grounded in, and white or white-passing people are the ones being represented. According to two studies I read, Latinos make up over 90% of California farm workers, and the overwhelming majority of those Latinos are Mexican immigrants. Barajas says that most come from southern Mexican states like Oaxaca and Chiapas. Now, I said that there were two complicating factors. And the second one is that John Cerny, the artist behind a lot of these artworks, is a self-proclaimed hired gun. He didn't set out to create a misrepresentation of the community. 
Landowners commission him, and he takes these jobs in order to subsidize the work that really excites him, like painting homages to American icons like James Dean or Amelia Earhart, or creating more abstract pieces, all or most of which he gives away for free. After hearing from the community, I wanted to know what Cerny thought about it all. I just paint what I see in the photograph. If they were lightly complected, I painted them lightly complected. You know, uh, I'd have to look back and see. But uh, I understand what they're saying. He felt like he was highlighting people that he knew worked hard and were often overlooked. My first job was picking strawberries when I was 15 years old. So, (laughs) yeah, I know how hard the work is. And uh, they get up early and they're, God, it's, it's a rough life, but they're still underpaid. You know, they work, they work hard. And uh, I was happy to get that first gig and, and uh, elevate them and uh, draw attention to, to them. The problem, I think, for a lot of people in the farm working community, though, is that when drivers pass these art pieces, they probably assume that these are the farm workers. And some of them are, but the ones that are most visible look much wider than the people who are doing the work day to day. Front and center are the farmers, not the farm workers. And a lot of the other giant portraits decorating the highways of the Central Valley, done by other artists, also depict white people. There are some other pieces that Cerny has done, like one in Southern California that was commissioned which depicts farm workers with darker complexions. So not all of his works are like this. So what did Nick, our question asker, think? Well, he felt like the whole thing was kind of bittersweet. I'm going to be approaching them with an entirely different point of view. And you can't really anticipate or appreciate that point of view without listening to these stories and knowing the people who are affected directly and indirectly by by this artwork. In the end, he says he's happy he got to learn so much about a region of California that he would ordinarily just drive through, all from these paintings. And what about you? How are you viewing these works now? Well, I think this is an age-old issue of power and representation inadvertently put on display through Cerny's public art. When a community has worked so hard to provide not only a living for themselves, but sustenance for a state and even a country, it's disheartening to see others seemingly take credit for it. And I have a lot of empathy for that. On the other hand, I know Cerny's intentions were good, and he too is trying to make a living for himself as an artist. I'm sure this isn't how he wants people to perceive his art, but that's the thing about public art. Once it's out there, you are no longer part of the equation. The art is no longer about your intent. It's about the impact it has. Leaving us with a lot to think about. KQED's Cesar Saldana, thank you for your reporting. You're welcome. If you want to learn more about the lives of farm workers and how to support them, we'll have resources in the web article for this story. Check our show notes for that link. Bay Curious is made by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, Amanda Font, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Our social video intern is Darren Tu. Our show is a production of member-supported KQED Public Media in San Francisco. Have a nice week.
Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's trivia game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is... This Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country, on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.